Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 362. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we wonder why did Trump even want those documents? Are classified documents a secret little party and they're so fun and I had no idea? I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and the only reason I can think of holding on to classified documents is that they're, like, super fun in some way, which is also why I don't write spy dramas. Today, we're going to catch up with some of that stuff because we recorded the last show on an alternate timeline where no indictments happened. So we have to reintegrate to this timeline, but I hope you enjoyed that other world where less was going on. We will also talk about the little mini kerfuffle over Elizabeth Gilbert's new book, Eat, Pray, and Get Kerfuffled. And finally, are beach vacations actually any fun? It's the topic that's the most likely to get me canceled. Uh, Today, oh my gosh, the panel today. This is one of those sit back and relax, Nagin. This panel has got to taken care of panels. Uh, we are joined by veteran of Fake the Nation. You've heard her on the show many times before. She's a comedian. She's oh so it's so excellent as a comedian. I've had the, the just the the pleasure of being able to see her perform live. Um, she also has a solo show out now called Don't Reach in the Bag, and it's about working in a porn shop, which I think is remarkable. She's touring it. Um, check her website to see if you can find it in a city near you. She is the one and only Shalewa Sharp. Hey, Shalewa. Hello. 
Um, also joining us, and you've heard this man on the podcast before, but you've also seen his handiwork all across television on shows like Conan and The Daily Show and just fucking everywhere. Um, he's so smart. He's so, um, hilarious. And he also is an author, has a new book out called Snot Goblins and Other Tasteless Tales, which is an elementary school graphic novel, um, that's super funny and gross and I cannot wait to um, obtain this for my daughter and maybe read it to her next year when she's officially in elementary school. It is the one and only, the remarkable Rob Kuttner. Hey, Rob. Hey. Okay, so excited to have you both on. And before we get started, I just want to remind listeners that if you like the show and you're like, oh my God, how could I support the show? Um, You could go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And you know what? It's not a big deal. You could support the show for as little as $4 a month. You get bonus episodes. Hilariously, for as little as $1 a month, you just, you get nothing but the knowledge that you're supporting the show. Um, and some people opt for just that. It's just like a warm hug uh, from the show uh, to you and from you to the show. Um, so go to patreon.com slash Nikine But I think the fun part is getting the bonus episodes because it's like all of the fake the nation you love except for more of it. Um, um, all right, let us move on to topic number one. Apparently, Elizabeth Gilbert of E. Pray Love fame was set to release a new book called The Snow Forest, but those plans have been thwarted because this new novel is set in Russia. There was an outcry from people who had not read the book, um, for the record. Now, before I give you more details, what did you think when you learned that about this basic headline that a book set in Russia is being pulled because of geopolitics? Rob, what'd you think? I mean, it's interesting because there's like a lot of reasons that books get pulled sometimes. And usually it's, uh, you know, sort of like in a way, like the sort of community who's portrayed in it doesn't like the person doesn't have think the person writing it has like a right to talk about them, that sort of thing. I think this is interesting because yeah. it's a little bit sort of you know, to the side, it's this sort of, I mean, there's obviously a lot of Ukrainian Americans, but um, I also thought it's interesting. This is kind of a surgical strike on the Russians, you know, take away a novel from the Russians. <laughs> that's hitting on where they live. Right. <laughs> right. In some ways, it's the most painful of them all. Um, Shalaya, what, what did you think? Well, I, I guess my first thought was seeing who it was, whose book it was. I just thought, now, how did she put a rom-com in Russia? Is that on me? <laughs> that I didn't, that I'm I know. actually How is intrigued? Julia Roberts going to be? Yeah. <laughs> how do you meet cute in Russia? I know Julia you Roberts. <laughs> so I, I, that was my main thought of just like, well, I mean, this could be the ultimate Russian rom-com like fodder, but now we'll never know if they, I, you know, it could have changed the game for him. It could have changed well, how we saw him. Right. You know, when I think rom com, I think Russians for sure. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at that. Now it's just, I mean, now we're just left with Dr. Zhivago, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, okay. Let me give you some details. And by the way, it's so funny because literally the reason she pulled it is because it's said in Russia and some Ukrainians got upset about that in the United States, I think, largely, primarily. Um, but we're also now making light of things that are Russia or whatever. And just like so that everyone's like just super clear, we're not making light of the war anyone's suffering. But I think it's fair to still just like generally have conversations about countries 
or something. Right. <laughs> so maybe and maybe that's the fucking like at the heart of the question here is like whether we can like have conversations about countries. It, it's um, feeling like we're not able to judging by the reaction well I mean, by this move yeah yeah i mean it feels like ukrainian americans i guess were the ones that really kind of uh, got very upset and up in arms and had something to say and i'm like well it it, it kind of would be ukrainian americans because you know no shade but ukrainians are dealing with a war like people right. in the Ukraine are dealing with a war. And I kind of feel like a book about Russia by the woman who wrote Eat, Play, Pray, Love might not be like in the top five things uh, uh, to, to care about. I was kind of curious on that point. Like it sort of depends on the execution, right? So, I mean, I know I haven't read it. I don't know if you guys have, but it's like. No, it's not available. No one can read it. Oh, uh, so, right. Right. That was the point, right? Yeah, <laughs> Pay attention to the headline drop. It was pulled from, from <laughs> publication. My point is like, does it romanticize Russia or does it just happen to take place in Russia? If it romanticizes that, I could sort of maybe see part of the point, but it just being said in Russia, it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it feels like iffy to hang it on that. Right. So let me give you guys some details that I think will then further confound the issue, which is that the, <laughs> the, the story takes place in Siberia in the mid 1900s. And it's sort of I think it's based on a real story where um, a family has to like escape gulag or Stalinist mm -hmm. shenanigans or whatever. And they go to um, to nature. And um, the idea um you know, the so the idea is, is to sort of like novelize this thing that actually happened. And that family was in nature. I, I don't know very much about the original story, but that family was like in Siberian nature, defending nature as they saw it from from the sort of um, encroachment of the state. They were like isolated in the nature or whatever for like decades um so this is a novelization of this thing that you know that's based on real life um and this is what uh elizabeth gilbert said in um in on twitter to her readers she wrote i have received an enormous massive outpouring of reactions and responses from my ukrainian readers expressing expressing anger sorrow disappointment and pain that i would choose to release a book into the world right now any book no matter what the subject is that is set in Russia. And I also want to say in terms of like her Ukrainian readers, my understanding that there's like this is a still nevertheless narrow subset of Ukrainian readers. Like mm. I live um near sort of little Ukraine here mm. in Manhattan and I don't know that if I went there any of those people have heard about this or have given two shits about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's still again Venn diagrams are narrowing, okay? Um now, she basically said she's going to be making a course correction by removing removing the title. It was supposed to come out in February of 2024. Again, more details that confound the issue, um, which would be two years after the, the, the date that Russia first invaded Ukraine. Um, she said, further, I have to say that I've heard these messages and read these messages and I respect them. It's not the time for this book to be published and I do not want to add to any harm, add any harm to a group of people who have already experienced and who are all continuing to experience grievous and extreme harm, which I would say is, you know, I mean, fuck, dude, like it's quite thoughtful of her, though I would say, again, is it misguided or do you totally see the point? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I don't read much that's not on a Snapple cap, but 
it feels like a lot of things a lot of things have been written based in places where bad stuff has or is currently happening yes i mean are we not still publishing books about families living in the united states <laughs> and this yeah, place yeah. god bless it the, the shakes aren't yeah the shakes aren't getting greater with america right now it's no no great shakes so um I, I, you know, not to um, upset the people who definitely had an issue, but also uh, the world is small, but also larger than this. And yeah. I, I don't know if uh, with all the gumption that you have, if this is the best use of your time. Um, and uh, I, I, I feel like uh, just going around shutting things that shutting things down that say that refer to Russia in any way. It, that's, that's a long, that's a long project. <laughs> no, that's a, well, so let me ask you this, Rob, do you, first of all, do you have any like Russian in you or you something? <laughs> not only, not only do I have some, I speak it. I, I speak. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ringer. Ringer. So this I, um... is, this is a question that's I think more interesting for you in particular right now, what would you think of bringing artists over from Russia? Like, you know, there's been some situations where there's panelists that had Russians on them and those panels were maybe canceled out of like respect or something like what, where do you land on that? Well, I've, I've spent, I've lived, I've lived in Russia. I spent a time, I spent some time there and all that. And I have some friends who are artists and it's very complicated because it's like, you know, there's probably, you know, first of all, so there's, you know, there's state support of the arts as there are in many European countries. Mm -hmm. So so many people are supported by the government. And then that support is contingent on obviously walking the party line, or at least just keeping your mouth shut about the yeah. war and that sort of stuff. And so I really think these, these people are caught in this kind of vice grip uh, between like, should they be boycotted when it's not, when they probably, all likelihood they oppose the war. It's pretty likely anyone sort of in the creative artistic community, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go on a limb and say, based on the people I know, would not support it, but they can't speak out about it. So then they're sort of condemned for like, oh, well, you're complicit with it. Well, I mean, this is just sort of their lot. So that's a non-answer, I think is real. I think will really help. <laughs> but, I, but I also think like, I want to say more broadly, I think that, in a way, maybe this was sort of a missed opportunity because I think Gilbert could have stuck to her guns and then engaged with the issue. And, you know, maybe she decided to donate part of the proceeds to help Ukrainians there. Like that would be a different way forward on this, I think. I'm a big fan and I don't know where you are with this, Shalewa, but I'm a big fan of like separating the country from the person in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I like. Uh, I would, you know, I would think I would love to see Iranian artists here. Obviously, the union, mm. you know, the Islamic Republic is uh, what what's I think popularly referred to as a garbage government. Um, but I, I, but I would love to see Iranian artists be supported, you know, with visas and shit like that in the United States and other countries. Um, and and they have been, and they are. They're stir. There are Iranian students in the United States. They're here on student visas. Um, there's, you know, and when they are able to sort of like help get people out of the country to do some art, like it, I've seen it happen, and I think that's remarkable. I don't think it says anything about anything <laughs> like it's just like these people are not you know and I think Iran is maybe a little bit is a little different in that I don't know that any of these artists are like s supported by the state in that way the ones that they want they want to showcase in um western countries um but Shalewa what do you think where where do you r land on that I mean I 
I do, uh, to Rob's point, I do think that there might have been other ways to go besides just shutting it down for uh, Gilbert. Um, but I also understand uh, when sudden, suddenly a light has flashed on her and she's like, I am not equipped for this conversation mm. at all. So maybe just let's turn out the light for do a while. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if, you, yeah, if, yeah. if you think about it, like after Eat, Pray, Love, she's already hated by every husband and father on the planet. I mean, so. <laughs> you know, that, that that really it's not broadening her fan base at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see just on a from a person, especially if you're her, you probably have more money than you can spend. Right. Mm-hmm. You're probably like, you know what? I just like don't feel like it. You know what I mean? Let's like go back to Bali. Let's eat some pasta or whatever I did there and <laughs> right. not deal with this issue right now. And then maybe in 2025, it, like the world be over and like this book can come out and I don't have to like it can't it doesn't have to be controversial or whatever. Right. Um, so I totally, totally do see that point as well. But you know what? Um, Good on her mm-hmm. for um, acknowledging the source material. Do you know what I mean? She could have just set, set it somewhere else. I'm sure at some right. point when she started, she must have shown something to someone who was like, ah, yeah, what well, does it have to be Siberian? <laughs> yeah. She was like, but it was Siberia. But it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She could so, just do like kind of a search and replace thing, I think, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. If right, she wants somewhere right. cold, she could just do LA this summer. <laughs> hey, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay. Well, folks, let me know what you think. What, where are you on? Should she have pulled this? Do you get it? Do you not get it? And, um, what do you think about other artists from these kind of, let's say controversial countries, um, coming to the United States, uh, just this whole mix up issue of what we do in wartime with these, um, with these expressions, let us take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our chatter. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. I mean, 
that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to uh, you know solving a problem and you realize that mm -hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a, yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. We want to tell you about a podcast we think you're going to love. It's called See the Thing Is, and it's hosted by Grammy Award-winning R&B artist Bridget Kelly and media personality Mandy B. Every week, Bridget Kelly and Mandy B offer grown, honest, and slightly toxic perspectives on all things music, pop culture, and of course, dating and relationships, which is my fave. Do you have a hard time finding new music? Are you a millennial who misses what life was like in the 2000s? Are you interested in multiple perspectives on relationships? and dating? Are you interested in a non-male bashing podcast that holds both sexes accountable? See, the thing is, is a podcast that allows space for a wide range of thoughts and emotions. Most recently, the ladies sat down with Big Frida and Chloe Bailey and just huge names. Van Lathan, who's one of my favorite people to listen to, to chat about movies. So the conversations they're having are phenomenal. Join Bridget and Mandy every week as they update you on everything going on in the world with their polarizing hot takes. Subscribe to See The Thing Is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And we are back. And one thing I wanted to do before we get into the next topic is remind listeners that we're back on the recap train. Folks, we did such a um, we had such a fun time recapping Succession. We asked uh, people of Fake the Nation what they want to hear us recap next. We got a bunch of responses. A lot of them were 
just so varied that they like they did not cluster around a single idea. But there was a small cluster around the bear, uh, which also reminded me how much I loved the bear. And so we are now recapping the bear uh, as of uh, Tuesday night. You have a recap of the entirety of season one in your feed. So if you saw season one of the bear, go ahead and give that a listen. If you didn't, Watch The Bear. It's so good. And the episodes are 30 minutes, so it's sort of like easy to breeze through. Not that it is an, an entirely easy show. There are some stress factors. Um, but it's a really fun show set in the low-budget culinary world of beef sandwiches in Chicago. Um, and it's it's really incredible. And we will be coming up um, for the next four weeks with, with uh, recaps of The Bear. So uh, check it out. The Bear Recap Pod. Um, so excited to be doing it. So excited to be talking about it. We're doing it with Leah Bonema, uh, Corey Ryan Forrester, um, uh, Jody Avergan. There's just so many fun people from the Fake the Nation universe joining us for the for the recap pod. So, um, so definitely tune in. And now let us get into topic number two. Okay. So, you guys, like I said, we didn't talk about the indictment at all of Trump. Do you guys remember? Did you guys hear about that? Anyway. <laughs> and I can I tell you guys why we missed this Trump indictment? Yeah, how did you miss the, this? Yeah, this is – it's um, it's really quite interesting. The reason I missed this is because we taped very early. Like, we taped a couple of episodes on the same day, which is not something we generally do because we're trying to follow the news. And – um, the reason we had to do that is because I went away to a mushroom retreat in Jamaica because I was writing about it for a travel magazine. Eat, so, I love indeed, McGain. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, while the country was, I don't know, talk, I don't know what the country was doing because I was tripping balls and that's the only thing that was really <laughs> happening in my world <laughs> was the inner life of my brain. Um, and I'm actually, so when the article comes out in a far magazine, we're actually going to do a fun segment on psilocybin and um, as therapy and all that shit. And I'll have a lot to say. And I do have a lot to say. Um, but that is why this whole fucking thing, I missed all of it. Um, so, but, so before we like get into, I don't know, anything we really want to get into about it, I just want you, the two of you to tell me what was the vibe here in country about this um, indictment and the scene and Miami and all that crap? Hmm. Well, I guess I can only speak for the two news sources that I uh, took in during that time, which would mm -hmm. be um, MSNBC and Black Twitter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Solid. Black Twitter was, uh, you know, having a good, having a pretty good time with it. But it was still a little subdued um, because it, it felt like we had been through this before. I think mm -hmm. overall, the view of black Twitter is like until this dude goes to jail. So what? Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay, like, nice. I mean, all of this, this is great. Fantastic. But, you know, uh, uh, they need to put him under the jail. But until he goes to jail, big deal. Um, uh, yeah. MSNBC, I am not sure they slept for <laughs> roughly three days <laughs> and, um, and it was great to watch. I mostly tuned in because, um, you know, this is about indictments and I was very excited to see what rap lyrics Ari Melber would have <laughs> on hand for him. 
Uh, and he was uh, he was definitely in his element, um, just occasionally throwing uh, a, a rap lyric here or there to just the blank faces of, of Lawrence O'Donnell, who's like this shit again. <laughs> but also what's funny is like you, you're also implying that black Twitter was not throwing around around. No, lyrics. no, we don't. I can't speak for all black people. We are not a monolith. But I can say that most of us do not drop rap lyrics as much as Ari Melber drops rap <laughs> lyrics. I love to see it, but I'm also like, bruh, it's all right. Like, it's okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> Rob, what was the vibe? So you were on the West Coast where there is no more sun. What was happening? <laughs> and we're all picketing. Um, yeah, and, the, and everyone's a writer and everyone's a member of the WGA. Tell everyone. me the vibe. Uh, I think I, I can't speak for Jew Twitter, but um, <laughs> but I, I completely sort of agree with what Shalou was saying, because I think it's like, well, I mean, there's a little piece of this. There's always this we're such sort of abuse victims where there's always this little piece of hope, because I mean, in a way, this is like a better indictment, if you know what I mean, than, than mm-hmm. the New York stuff, because that's like finance and it's math and it's like. A little you know abstract and what did he actually do and this is like okay the dude was still in secrets from the us this is like you know rosenberg shit speaking of do twitter um uh but i uh but i mean it's like it's like we we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop and this guy is a millipede you know he's got so many feet with so many shoes and so many crimes like is this going to be the one probably not we've all been burned before mm-hmm. now yeah. here's what i want you guys to tell me which is in this sort of like me in the afterglow of mushrooms. There, the, the the couple of questions that I was able to in my to like take hold of in my like just not fully functioning brain was, but what about when Biden took documents and what about those thirty thousand emails Hillary Clinton and are we? You know, why are we putting so much focus on this, these sets of documents, but not the other things and blah, blah, blah. So you know what, why? where are you on that shit? Because there was not a photograph of, I guess, Biden's garage with like 30 bankers boxes. And a copier, a high speed copier. <laughs> yeah, but there is a photograph. It was the photographs, I think, that really made it clear in the way that it's like, yeah, sure. He's been indicted before, but then that photograph dropped the the boxes in the bathroom and it's like, Oh, okay. My man was stealing. <laughs> like I yeah, thought, yeah. I thought it was just one file folder with all of the important stuff on it. All of the codes, all of that stuff on like two or three sheets of paper, just one folder that he just always had in an empty yeah, briefcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a trapper keeper. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just sad because I feel like this could have all been solved with just one visit from Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> and Marie Kondo has fucking the biggest question of all for Trump was just like, did these documents give you joy? Because he didn't like Does anything do give him joy? anything. Nothing gives he him joy. <laughs> no, but I he mean, he traveled with them. So they clearly gave him joy. Like, oh, he yeah, wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just took them with True. him everywhere, kind of like a security blanket. So that is like, all right, buddy, you know what you have. I, I mean, I also think the other big thing was, and correct me if I'm wrong, he, the DOJ gave him a little like, Hey, dude, you want to b- give us back those boxes and then we could just like <laughs> pretend like this whole thing didn't happen. And he was yeah. like, uh, no, thank you. So I think that's the the non-cooperation part when he was given an off ramp and he didn't fucking take it. 
that's usually what I mean, I think in these kinds of cases, um, uh, it appears that um, law enforcement, the DOJ, they don't get mad when you do the thing because they're like, yeah, we all are doing something shaky. Yeah, shady. But they they get mad when you lie about it. You know, because it's like we're right. all doing terrible things. We're in position of power. That's how we got here. The cover up don't about the lie. crime, as they say. Don't, yeah, don't lie about it, though, man. Come on. You just return it, you know, but don't lie about it. And he was just like, I I, I do what I want. And so that's and also, that's I mean, so the tiring. sad thing is like the, you know, this. I mean, I think again, I don't know what the vibe was, but like, are we all in agreement that like Will Nauda, the guy or Walt, Walt Nauda, the guy, his co-plaintiff on all of this, which was sort of his bag man, right? The guy that got to carry those, his like, yes, that was blanket his, of boxes. Yeah, that was his weed carrier as <laughs> exactly. last winter. Exactly. That's what we were. We call him the weed exactly. carrier. Yeah, God, yeah, if only Trump carrier. was on weed, that would solve so many problems too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I also are... want to pitch. Yeah, I want to pitch therapeutic doses of, of psilocybin for Trump because he would need the boxes. He'd be like, why do I have these boxes? This is hilarious. <laughs> I have like to, I've got oneness with the universe. What do I need these fucking state security secrets for? Um, <laughs> so, so here's a question for you, Rob. After he did the indictment, um, he went to Versailles Cafe in Miami, which is a really apparently classic campaign stop. And I just want to also just get, like applaud the man for efficiency because if you have to get indicted and you and take care of another errand on the same day, <laughs> that's some pretty good fucking scheduling. You know what I mean? Um, so Rob, what did you think of the the? I don't. Was it brazen? Was it whatever? Like um, that he went and did that? Well, I mean, I assume he's you know he's he's expecting to reach some. Uh, you know, Cubans, uh, Cuban, Cuban Americans who are very supportive, like uh, instinctively. But I thought it was also funny about the story was he comes in and says, like, he says, like, dinner for everyone. And then he walks out without paying the bill, which is just classic Trump. <laughs> I didn't hear that story. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, food on No, but me. you know, I mean, if you think about it, like, no, this... but like Trump, you can still Venmo them. You know what I mean? You could still Venmo. You're not gonna. And that's, that's right. what where we're you really could, learning who if you, you had are. any money. But I think to your point, like you're acting like they're they're two separate things, like he's some kind of like multi scammer. But I think it's more like that's his whole oxygen, right? Is like to be the victim and to like milk the outrage. Like those two are one unified piece for him. So it's almost like and they were talking about this too, with like, did they want to have cameras of him, you know, getting uh, you know, not handcuffed, but like, you know, brought into his indictment, stuff like that. That's what he wants. He wants that thing because he he campaigns, he campaign fundraises off of that. That's right. He didn't take uh, mug shots. Mug because... shots. That was the word I was looking for. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Because he <laughs> um because he was like, I'm going to make money off of these mug shots. And they were like, OK, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Did, didn't, he, didn't he fake one? Didn't he Photoshop one, as I recall? I like... think so. But he de- yeah. he absolutely, which I'm sure is on a hat or a T-shirt. But yeah. he absolutely will. Like, because that's public. You know, not once those are taken, anyone can access those. And so the minute that's taken and put in the system, that's that's an immediate 
way of like, look at what they're doing to your boy. (laughs) 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 Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, Well, let's let's change gears for a quick second here. And we didn't mean to talk about this, but it it broke yesterday that Hunter Biden is going to be pleading Mm -hmm. guilty on misdemeanor tax charges. Basically, he has a deal with the Justice Department to to do probation for filing his taxes late and um and he can avoid a charge that he lied about his drug use when he was uh when he purchased a handgun because i guess there's like a little have you used drugs yes or no checkbox and he lied about that which by the way i believe literally every human being has lied about that who has bought a handgun you know what i mean i'm just these are not real statistics but they're intuitive statistics uh which i feel like is something uh that kellyanne would have said um in the white house but um but uh um I so uh, it's so funny. I've done everything in my power to like basically not follow the Hunter Biden story um, because it's a little bit like, you know, I I would also if there was a story about Tiffany uh, Trump or something. Was that her name? Tiffany? Yeah. 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 I would all I would equally not follow that story. Like, you know, these are people that are like. I mean, they're not really a part of it. You know what I mean? They are genetically linked, and I totally get that. <laughs> like, it just feels like side shit. But, but you know, Biden has basically allowed um, a special investigation of his son to happen for several years now. And, um, I mean, he took over as president. The, 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 the investigation continued. It's not like he tried to stop that investigation. And I guess they valiantly found that he – this taxes thing um, – I don't know. Does this change anything for anyone about anything? Nah. <laughs> right. I mean, hey, I'm late on my taxes. I do not have 35 banker boxes in my bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Like that, that seemed like it really just feels like, eh, how about this? Will this work for you, GOP? Can you? Can you make a meal out of this? You know, I, I hope that they do. I hope they do make a meal out of it. I hope that gi- it gives them some solace. Like they found some a couple of things. They aren't so big or whatever. I would say they're less like, you know, glamorous as um some, you know, something else would have been. But hey, I hope they make a meal out of it. I hope that it, it, it eases some of their pain, <laughs> whatever they I, need. I think it um I think it doesn't change anything also because like, you know, this narrative will just continue what it is. And now the latest talk, uh, you know, is like, it's like, oh, well, he got a small sentence compared to like what they're going uh, after Trump, uh, Trump for, you know, for mm-hmm. these things. And uh, Shilu, I, I'm just fascinated by what, what Black Twitter is saying about the fact about the these right wingers claiming that uh, complaining about Hunter Biden's quote unquote white privilege and getting off. Oh my goodness! It's so it's delicious. Just a lot to- of it's a, a lot of of it. A lot of being on Twitter and watching this is just black folks in a Twitter way, looking at each other like, you see this? Right. A lot of that. <laughs> it's all one big gif, right? It's one yeah, big it's just like, oh, Lord. It's it's a lot of that. Um, And, and that is kind of how it, it feels. It, it, I mean, we watch, there are so many things that have happened that Black folks have watched, like, get away from us. Just watching the word woke slip through our fingers as it is <laughs> repurposed in so many different ways and nowhere near yeah. the initial. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's wild. So to see that happen with 
you know, ah, white privilege. And I'm like, well, who do you, what, who are you, who did you say that to? Who did you say that to someone else who like you doesn't believe in white privilege? Like how did that work when you're like, oh, this is what it means. It's the no. first time those words have uttered their lips. It was like, Well, folks, let me know what if there's any other details about the last 10 days that you feel like I should know um, and uh, let me know. Otherwise, I I will just continue to think about it as a psilocybin induced haze um, in which other things were happening globally. And I wasn't paying attention. Can I just say one uh, more thing? Oh, yeah. Just here's the thing that I'm confused about is that this guy, Hunter Biden. Uh, so what he gets charged for, you know, he's been charged with everything, everything. under. The, I mean, accused of from the right wing, you know, media sphere about everything. What he's charged with are avoiding his taxes and trying really hard to get a gun. So I'm like, don't you guys want to run him for your candidate? Right. He's one of you. (laughs) I know. That's when, yeah, yeah. That's what's really happening here is the, is the transformation of Hunter Biden into a GOP elite. Um, all right, folks, uh, let me know what you think about these and, 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 and anything you want to let me know about. Let us move on to topic number three. So we looked at a collection of pieces in The Atlantic called Our Beach Vacations Actually Fun? And it basically looks at every angle on the beach experience. And we'll look at some of those angles. But first, I just want to know generally where both of you stand on the classic beach vacation. Rob, what's your position? It's a little tricky when you live in L.A., so like mm. the beach is sort of like one more kind of like amazing, but also incredibly complicated <laughs> destination, kind of like <laughs> kind of like Disneyland or or or, or going to work. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think that, you know, some people beach vacation is more sort of, a, you know, a special thing. So I'm, I'm probably not the most objective person on that. But I do think that like um, I was thinking about this, you know. I think some people are sort of beach people and some people are just naturally not beach people. You know, like my my brother uh will drive with his family for 10 hours and then like spend every single bleeding moment at the beach because they just love it like me i go for a few hours uh, i'm done you know if that and so maybe it just depends on the person um but also i think it's like kids you know it's really special for kids in this sort of like very simple way and i think when we get to be adults it's like we start like having more and more requirements like you know this has to be not too much sun you know the water has to be not too cold and there has to be no jellyfish not too crowded that sort of stuff so i think it's sort of like who wants it the most? If it's really just for the kids, then, you know, let them have it. But we get kind of gripey about it because it is sort of a, you know, it's sort of tricky. Oh, so Lewa, what's your position? Uh, my position is inside the house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't swim and I can't control that water out there. What am I doing standing near it? <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Uh, the I had a trip once to L.A. where I was there for a substantial amount of time. And I thought, well, if I'm here and I don't go to the beach, like that's that's silly. So I I did. I I went out there and I I sat there for a while and uh, for about 10 to 15 minutes. It was nice. And I was like, oh, no, what if I've been a beach person this entire time? Yeah. yeah. And then it just switched just like immediately. Like, oh, no, mm -mm, I'm not. I'm immediately suddenly too hot and i think i'm breaking out and i don't i don't know so what about what about if you are seated at a cafe Mm -mm. in a shade and it has got a beach view Mm, is there a wall of glass between us (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I think I'm just so, an in, I'm an indoor cat. I think I'm just an indoor cat. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. And I, it's funny because, so I just um, to clear up the mystery that I think literally none of our listeners will be surprised to know is that I am very much deeply a beach person, love mm. it so much. And it is one of the only places where I turn off my brain. Hmm. It's like meditative for me. Like I will go to a beach and I'll just get completely like, I'll be like, oh, like that seagull, what an interesting sound. And then I'll just have like thoughts about a seagull for like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? It's it's true. It is it is a little bit like taking drugs. You know what I mean? And what's interesting is there was a point in the way we know, the way we experience beaches as like a, a pleasurable vacation thing was invented, let's say, mm. by the British, by British high mm. society that called it like a wonder drug for ailments. And in that sense, I totally get it. I also like immediately feel better when I'm in the presence of like vit- the sun's vitamin D. I th- I mean and it, vitamin D does actually boost your immunity actually does make you feel better, right? So I'm just one of these people. I'm like very tuned into that. The minute it's like spring, summer, the sun's out, I am like I feel better, I function better. Everything about me is just better. Um and but what so I think so Rob you're occupying some kind of interesting middle point Shalewa you are also you're getting to there's an angle on the beach that we learn from these pieces that it's just that it's boring um <laughs> and then you, and that there's that there's like a panic around the nature part of it like what about riptides what about sharks what about currents what about you know um now here's an angle that I that that I don't think they really talked about, but but I feel like as part of it now for those of us who are uh, of the more ethnic variety, mm-hmm. uh, my mom never really wanted to go to the beach because she didn't want to get any color. Like she wanted to be, mm. it, she'd want to be more brown than she was, <laughs> and so, and I think this is common. I mean, like listeners hit me up if this was a thing in your immigrant family, like they didn't want any sun because it would make them too brown. Like uh, that was. A huge thing so i think it like totally she couldn't even like get into the idea of of the beach being um you know uh beneficial in any other way because she might get catch some color and then it would make her look too is this why is this why m night Shyamalan made a horror movie set at a beach (laughs) (laughs) i mean it truly must have been working in the undercurrents of his subconscious because absolutely <laughs> like I'm I, I'm gonna look I'm not trying to speak for M. Night Shyamalan but in speaking for M. Night Shyamalan his mom didn't like going to the beach because it would give her too much color I'm like nearly certain of it Um. so so okay so now there's here's the other angle I'm curious about which is do you go to resorts and is that separate to you from the beach, like the pools, the kind of like it's outdoors, but like you're in this controlled setting? Like Shalewa, does that make a difference for you? Uh, no, I don't go to those either. <laughs> I um, <laughs> it, I, it, it honestly, uh, this all just kind of reminds me that I've been sitting around lately thinking, what do I do? Like, what do I really? Yeah, what do you do? What do I do? <laughs> what do I enjoy? Like, what what is wrong? What's wrong? I think um, you've had a real breakthrough today, Shalewa. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it looks like. But uh, no, I don't. And I mean, like, I I understand the meditative quality of of that of the mm-hmm. beach, right? I definitely um, 
was on the beach recently and the sister, my sister took a picture of me just standing there looking out into the water and it could look like um, I'm having some sort of deep thought. I'm not, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, And I don't even know how she captured me that second. And I just came back and I was like, I'm hot. Where's the Sprite? You know, like I don't. (laughs) But so would, would the controlled environment of a resort help that? I don't think so. I think Mm -hmm. I don't like being outside in that environment, like near a body of water, because I don't know how to swim, which also kind of right. plays which into is, which is a big mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some things. So I, I don't know how to swim. So I'm like, why would I do this? I will drown in three inches of water like in a mm-hmm. kiddie pool. I'm that person. And um, I uh, I I think I prefer um, walking through like although I've not gone hike. Well, not traditionally hiking. I've walked through like nature preserves and stuff like that. I'm OK with that. I think I need a buffer between me and the sun. Give me a tree. Right. I need a tree. <laughs> you need a tree. I think that might tree. be it. Yeah. I, the I think- swim thing is really interesting because I, um, an, at another time, was on a vac like I don't on a vacation, also in Jamaica. I, I can't stop talking about being in Jamaica, <laughs> but I I happen to have been in Jamaica and, um, and um, there were all these. Uh, there was um, a woman there who was like a babysitter. Um, who was kind of babysitting for a family friend of ours or whatever. She was a, a local Jamaican and she didn't know how to, and they were hoping that she would take the kid in the water, mm-hmm. but she didn't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. And it turned out a lot of people like that she knew or whatever. Again, I don't know what the numbers are on Jamaican swimming, but like a lot of them um, that this woman knew, like didn't know how to swim. And I thought it was so interesting to be in an island country, not how to know how to swim. But also, I mean, I, I don't think it's like, I mean, and I can't say that like a, all of my Iranian cousins know how to swim. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, it's, it's funny. Like it's not, there's it depending on kind of what kind of community you grew up in, it may or may not be a priority to learn how to do it. You know, Well, it's also who has access to the water, to the beaches. Right. So as the idea of uh, beaches as restorative measures um, takes hold, also what takes hold is, oh, we should charge people to restore mm-hmm. themselves. And so now that's where all the people with money are. And so if you are not able to be near a beach and you're pushed further away from it, it, it lessens the chance of you getting to go out there. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that's what I was going to mention. Actually, Jamaica also the one resort I've been to was actually this, my brother's wedding. He had a, um, what they call like a wedding moon, you know, like a destination, yeah. mm-hmm. but just his family. And it was at Jamaica at one of these, um, these sandals resorts, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, that are like all, they call all inclusive, which means you can walk around with your wristband drinking at the bars and eating just 24 seven. So that all that sounds pretty good. And yet, and it does take care of the sort of, you know, natural wildness. And yet at the same time, you can't help but notice that you are in this gated community, you know, in a country that's, you know, sort of, you know, has some huge economic inequities and there's guards with machine guns guarding this thing. And you're, it's definitely like, it makes me very uncomfortable. I mean, like in the one hand, it's an amazing case. On the other hand, it's completely in this like privilege bubble that for me just, you know, makes it kind of uh, not a vacation at all. It feels like you're escaping, you know, other people's, uh, other people are going through. 
Right. Yeah. Um, and that it's so funny that you should say this, Rob, because one of the things they pointed out was the this quote in the book The Situationist that was a graffiti scrawled in a Paris building in the spring of 1968 and the graffiti read club med a cheap holiday in other people's misery mm-hmm. um right. and so for some people they can't get away from that feeling and uh you know um i would say wh- i've been on on a couple of these resort things it's not something that i like really but but i've done it for my kids and for my parents for my kid my kid and my parents and to see like the extreme level of her joy, like n- even though I I ha- I was like this is problematic. Let me count the ways. <laughs> I still like delighted in seeing how happy the, sure. the the slides and the this and the tubes and the lazy river and all that stuff like made her. It was so joyous and so um it it let me kind of turn off my critical brain for moments so that I can enjoy it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have well, a ten, folks, I, my, I have a ten yeah. year old boy and he just loves the ocean. He just loves the beach. He's always yeah. baking good, and I get it. I get that too. But you don't have to go to a resort to do that for sure. Right, right. You don't. It, it doesn't have to be an, an environmental. It have to be like a wire, barbed wire fence surrounding your. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. I'm so curious. Let me know what are your thoughts on the beach vacation. Um, are you as all in as I am? All right. That is the end of the show. Oh my God. I had a wonderful time chatting with you both. Thanks for being my first post mushroom fake the nation <laughs> panelist. Um, and I would love for all of the people of fake the nation to be able to find you and follow all of your very good works. Rob Cutner, where do they do that? Uh, believe it or not at robcutner.com. <laughs> <laughs> and remind them the name of the book. Name of the book is Snot Goblins and Other Tasteless Tales. And it's coming out July 25th from first second. And can they pre-order now? I wish they would. That would be great. Pre-orders are Im- immensely helpful for an author, whether or not she's Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-order this book. Like I immediately sent it to a friend of mine who has like eight and nine year old kids who oh, then thanks. immediately pre-ordered it. Um, was where it's it looks like exactly the right thing. Um, uh, if you so go to Amazon like, and you see that cover image, you'll get the book and you'll be like, this is my kid or this is not my kid. And either way, you'll know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So go to robcutner.com um, as, a pri- as your primary source of all things Rob Kuttner and then go from there. Um, but don't forget to pre-order the book and then Shalewa Sharp, where do people find you? Oh, uh, you know, I've got a, a shalewasharp.com and then on all of the social media, which just keeps adding up uh, yeah. day by day, yes. <laughs> splintering yes, and adding up. But mm-hmm. on pretty much all of them, you will find me at Silky Jumbo. Uh, that's all one word, traditional spelling. Um, find Shalewa. Also, double check if she's coming to a city near you with yeah. her new solo show. Look it's it up. Gonna, it's a, I mean, it's a I know lot it's of in- fun. There was a lot going on in porn stores uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was there, there at is. the front line. I'll have to take your word for it. Yes, you will know nothing of it. It will all be very new to you, Rob. But the others were there. <laughs> um, folks don't forget to do that and if you're getting this if if you're hearing this podcast in time I'm going to be at Tanglewood for Wait Wait Don't Tell Me on Thursday night um, there may or may not be tickets I have no idea but either way I would love to always uh, see you guys there um, otherwise um, oh I think a new uh, one of my columns dropped on the progressive I, for my, my column hemming and hawing uh, so if you check out the progressive.com you can get uh, my, all of my latest and um, otherwise 
Otherwise, I want to thank everyone who makes this podcast a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic um, theme music was written by Gabby Alter. Thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a possibility. And if you have any issues, questions, ideas, you can email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who does. I love getting your messages. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, patreon.com slash Farsad 2 um, sorry, did I say pay, fake the nation podcast at Gmail? Yeah, that's what I said. Um, and then also patreon.com slash Nikita Farsad if you want to support the show. And um, don't forget, we have recaps of the bear uh, for you to dig into. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum podcast.